0: Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. I begin in the name of God, the most kind, the most merciful. Assalamu alaykum, Peace and blessings be upon all of you, dear listeners. Welcome to this very special podcast for the Hujjat podcast. We are going to be speaking about the Hujjat Primary School, which is due to open in September 2020, God willing. And we want to be able to tell you more about this school and the opportunities for us as a community broadly and also to you as parents to be able to place your children within this brilliant school due to open in September 2020. We actually have four brilliant guests. I think I'm told two of them are going to be speaking mainly and two are going to just kick the other two and prompt the other two where necessary. And I'm going to ask to introduce them in a minute And then we're going to really crack on with understanding the opportunities at Hajat Primary School. Please remember to subscribe to the Hajat Podcast. Please remember to share it as far as you can, because the more people that get to hear this message get opened up to the Hajat Podcast. You never know whose ears these ideas, these messages may reach. And so by you sharing the Hajat Podcast ensures that the message of Hajat Stanmore Mosque reads far and wide. So I have with me four very special guests. I have firstly, David Poole, who is the newly appointed head teacher of Hujjit Primary School. I have Shaheen Hirji, who is the lead proposer. I also have Sister Fatima Rahimani and Sister Fatim Panjwani, who are two of those who are really assisting in bringing this school come to fruition and I'm going to ask them just to introduce themselves one by one just to tell us about who they are, what their role is in Hajjah Primary School and then inshallah we're going to crack on with some of the questions that you probably have about why we should send our children to this school and what the opportunities are. So I'm going to ask you if you don't mind David just to introduce yourself and your your role in the school, how you got introduced to the school and um, if there's anything particularly that we should know about your background.
1: So. Thank you, I'm David. I am the uh, head teacher designate for Hijat Primary. Uh, I started work part-time on the 1st of November and it's been a journey of discovery, but it's been very exciting. Um, my background has been both as a governor and a leader within very successful, outstanding schools, from Queen Elizabeth Boys' School in Barnet um, to being the chair of governors for Grimsdyke School in Harrow. Um, so. That's my background. I've also been the director of a teaching school and I've prepared people for primary teacher training through uh, the Hillingdon teacher training skit. It's a wealth of experience. Thank you. Yes. Fantastic. Yes. Welcome aboard. And um, I'm sure the, the whole project
0: and the school will benefit from your experience. Thank, Thank you, you very you. much. Sister Shaheen Hirji, if you can just tell us about yourself and your role in the school.
2: Welcome uh, everyone thank you for inviting us to speak with you today um, my background is as a school business leader I work for a multi-academy trust that has 40 schools uh, up until August of, of this year I worked for um, an academy trust that only had three schools so I've worked on everything from opening to running to, to having unfortunately to close schools as well um, so my experience spans two to three three years now in education my involvement in the Hodget primary School project, Um, goes before that too. Um, I was invited onto um, a group that was putting together a vision for this based on the need identified from within the community for a faith school. Um, So the project and the demand for this school has been in existence we know within the local authority and within our community for for more than 10 to 15 years. Um, This current project has been going with uh, my involvement for the last five years. Um, and as you've already identified, I'm the lead proposer, so I'm the main contact with the Department
3: for Education.
0: Fantastic. Thank you very much. Can I also ask, Sister Fatima, if you can introduce yourself?
3: Okay, so uh, my name is Fatima Rahmani. Um, I'm a teacher by profession, and I've been in education for about 12 years now. Um, I, uh, my role on this project is currently as a faith lead, so um, I'm involved in shaping the faith ethos of the school. I come from a Catholic school background, so I get the opportunity to see what that looks like uh, in a Catholic school, and I hope to be able to share that uh, in, in amongst the uh, primary school. That's
0: brilliant, and you're here just to kick Sister Shaheen under the table yes. if, she, if she needs a kick, is what I'm if told. She, if she needs, a kick. If she needs a kick. <laughs> I'm sure she won't. That, that's <laughs> fantastic. Thank you, and Sister Fatim Panjwani? Um,
3: and Salam and God bless. So I'm Fatim Penjwani. Um I am also a teacher by profession, but my specialist the speciality is in early years, so I've been fortunate to be able to set up three early years settings in Harrow and I have some experience in creating learning spaces. So um, my role with Hujit Primary is that I'm Head of Site and I've been involved in um, devising these very exciting plans of how our new school will look and take shape. Um, we are in the phase where we're now choosing colors and choosing flooring. So, and I have a passion for design, so that's um fits in very nicely with what um what the job entails. And um, yeah.
0: So I think the all the audience can rest assured that we've got the four best and brightest minds for this project, and who have a genuine understanding of where this is going. So, sure. thank you very much for taking time out to join us. So I want to start with a really simple question, which is why do we need Harrow's first Muslim faith-free school. Why do we need that right now?
2: Um, speaking as a parent, um, we, we want the best that secular education has to offer our children. Um, But we want an ethos or a a guiding philosophy that supports our values as well. Um, With everything that's going on in the world today and the focus so heavily on those that are using the name of our religion for their own ends, we want our children to recognize that being British and being Muslim aren't two separate things. Um, There is no us in them. There shouldn't be an us in them. And at a human level, we all share the same basic values such as integrity, kindness and service. We, we understand as parents that, religious, that the religious education of our children is a parental responsibility, but we also understand as parents um, that schools are at the heart of our community and they share in that process of raising our children. Um, we all accept and understand that a young, mind, a young child's mind is very fertile land uh, and the process of learning from the youngest age must include teaching them how to think, not just filling their minds with information. And that's why the decision about which school you send your children to is so important. Um, and that, I guess, is the, the, was the driving factor, the driving influence behind why, um, why this should be a Muslim faith school.
1: And having led in both a values-based school and a school which didn't have values-based, I know the or value that you can add by having those values which children then work with. Um, and it helps them to grow to be really uh, valued members of society. It's really interesting. You said that there's a difference
0: between a values-based school and a non-values-based school. Can you just clarify what you mean by that and what might be a simple example for a parent to appreciate a values-based school versus a non-values-based school?
1: So when we were talking earlier, um we were thinking about this idea of head, hands and heart and the fact that we're trying to um make the children have the knowledge that they need as learners, um, and that that's true of all schools. All schools are going to be doing that. But then you talk about the heart, and you talk about actually thinking about how that relates to their values, how it relates to a very changing world that they're in, and suddenly they've got an ethos, and they've got a structure to make those decisions about about their future uh, the hands bit is about preparing for the outside world it's preparing for their future um, I know we're talking about primary school so they're not going to be there for a while but even at this stage we're talking about the environment around them we're talking about the people around them and so on so that I think is going to be our theme it's brilliant so we're talking minds hearts hands oh. and there's a special
0: emphasis on the heart here yes yeah. and ensuring that the environment <laughs> when I mean, you talked about a fertile land um it cultivates that fertile land mm-hmm. to ensure that what grows on it is going to be very very solid and strong foundation so tell me a, a, a little bit about the school itself and what makes it different to other schools you talked about the heart what else gives us an understanding of it, the differences between schools and how a parent then has to notice the nuances that may not be apparent to them at first glance until they actually have more knowledge of the differences between such schools.
1: So some of it's very similar because we're going to base our curriculum on the national curriculum, um, which is recognised as being broad and balanced. But... Because we're a free school and because we're a faith school, we can um, access the best possible um, methodologies that are around. We can base what we're doing on the evidence from things like the Ofsted report on reception, um, making sure that uh, we're preparing them for the year one, that we're doing phonics and early maths and developing the children's spirituality, which is the bit that we're doing um, specifically, and 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 more than other schools might, uh, but within a great play-based learning environment. So that's that's what we're going to do. But we also have inclusivity.
2: Yes, um, one of the. One of the conditions of free schools, particularly faith-based free schools, is that we have lots of freedoms um, but we must make sure that the curriculum is accessible and inclusive to children of all faiths. Um, what or no mean? faith. Or, or, or. Of, or of no faith, absolutely. Um, What that means is that we can adhere to, I guess, the core prophetic mission of developing and nurturing moral character. When you focus on developing character, that transcends the boundaries of faith, it transcends the boundaries of nationalities, and you, uh, you, you approach education from a basic human level. Um, having this values-based education, again, it's, it's a proven and tried methodology and what that allows you to do is allows children to to live and breathe those values, not just learn about them, but it gives children an opportunity to actually to play them out in practice, to have role models, to learn about those role models, both from the faith and from contemporary modern history, from British history, from from world history. Um, and to benefit from those. And those are things that will be accessible to, to children of all faiths. And so young. two
0: questions pop, pop to my mind. Are you suggesting that that's not available in another school such that it's going to be available in this one? And number two, can you give me a specific
1: example of
0: what that
1: might look like? I can give you an example, yeah. um, because if you see the video that we've we've created, one of the things you'll see is a prayer table, which you won't have. You'll have everything else because we filmed it in an a, a, a outstanding primary school classroom, but you wouldn't have had the prayer table. And it was fascinating, the child going up and writing their thanks for what they'd done in class and what they'd done during the day. And that could then become part of prayers. You won't, won't see that. In- so a daily recognition of appreciation of what you've learned,
0: yeah, a reminder of thanks to God for that. And there's no pressure on someone of no faith to Absolutely. have to no. do that. Absolutely. But for those people who are faith-based, that encouragement of giving thanks to God is central to their development.
2: Absolutely. So reflection is a key is a key component of faith. Understanding what's been learned, understanding creation, appreciating creation, um, and that's something that will be built into our day. And you ask the question about what will this school have that you wouldn't find in another school. Lots of schools promote faith, lots of schools promote character. Um, This one is unique in that it's a Muslim faith school. It's a Muslim faith designated school. That's a legal recognition that it has a Muslim faith character. So we're allowed to develop collective worship and RE within the tenets of the faith. But in order to make that inclusive, again, we we go back to the prophetic mission of perfecting character. Character transcends those boundaries and it will be inclusive and accessible. But what it does allow us to do is to use personalities within our faith. We have such a rich stable of resources that we can use Personalities that we can use to demonstrate values like patience, um, like integrity, like sacrifice, like justice, like peace, for example. Um, and it's just adding more resources than you would find in a normal school. Um, other faith schools that you will find in the borough, for example, are restrictive in their intake in their admissions policy. So often, vast majority of schools, um, you wouldn't you wouldn't uh, be be allowed to apply for a place, um, or you wouldn't be in with a with a uh, possibility of being given a place at those schools because of the way the admissions criteria determined. Again, that's something great about free schools. We have a 50-50 policy. That means 50% of the places are awarded on the basis of faith. 50% have no reference to faith at all. So everybody has an equal chance of attending the school and benefiting from from the character and ethos that we create.
0: It's fantastic. So I'm sure someone of any faith or no faith would appreciate the emphasis on character building and how that's central to the learning environment and of any faith means that they can expect their children to grow up in line with those human values that all of us consider central.
1: And it's interesting because my my faith is a Christian faith, um, and and yet everything that I've come across in in the last few months that I've been appointed um, has actually helped me with my faith as well as learning about the Muslim faith as well. So it's it's fascinating that. That uh, that the, it is so similar, um, and the values that we hold dear are very similar. That exchange is the centrality of those human values,
0: mm. so that we're learning from each other. So I need to interrupt and just ask, how is Sister Shane doing? Have there been any kicks so far, or prompts? Have you have had to hold up any cards for reminders. She's doing very well. Doing great. Okay, fantastic, well. fantastic, fantastic. Okay, so. Um,
2: I've been known to talk too much, which is. Nice. Yeah, I should have given context to our audience. Yeah, yeah it's a widely.
0: Sister kick. Shaheen talks too much. I don't say that, but I'm, I'm, I'm told that there's a few kicks under the thing. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's the way it should be. But if you hear a loud thud, uh, you know, or, or something like that, or a big cry, a scream, don't be too shocked and worried. Everyone's alive and well, it's just a, a boot to the knee or something, so don't worry. So tell me, um, what opportunities will the children have to engage with children of other faiths and of the wider community? I know that there's a concern that tends to, a flippant concern almost. It says, well, if we put a child into a faith school or a Muslim faith school, how will our children get to interact with the wider society? Won't they become very sheltered? Is that something that you hear often? Is that a concern that parents should have here at hundred Primary School?
1: It's definitely not a concern that they should have. Um, I've already made connections with the local cluster of Harrow schools. I went to my first cluster meeting. Um, uh, we are involved through one of our, our uh, uh, esteemed colleagues with SACRA, which is the, um, the agreed uh, RE syllabus within Harrow. Uh, and... I've already joined the Three Faith Dialogue in Pinna, so that we're trying to um, really embed the school within the wider environment. Uh, As I said before, I'm a governor, um, I'm a leader of a scout group, it's the nearest scout group, and I've talked already um, to the Scout Association about setting up a scout group within the, the school. So we'll absolutely embrace everything within the local community. Um, and some link schools that I've been invited to and I know quite well, at Grimsdyke, uh, Ikra in Slough, so we've visited to see another Muslim primary school, John Locke, uh, which is part of the Elliot Foundation, and I'm going to visit them shortly, uh, so to see best practice in some really outstanding schools. That's really brilliant. So it gives us
0: the confidence that there's going to be a lot of engagement and none of this kind of otherization that could potentially occur from the idea of being just very narrow with people of your own faith or potentially even your own sect, it might end up mm. being
1: a majority school. Yes, i, I rather epitomise that because <laughs> <laughs> I definitely won't be engaged just with one sect. Yeah, <laughs>
2: um, I think we'll both, both within the curriculum and within the extracurricular activities um, service being so central to the Muslim faith. Um, we'll always be looking for opportunities within all of our subjects, both within the curriculum and outside of the curriculum for children to engage with the wider community as well.
0: Um, what, might that, what might that look like? Give, give me something practical that says that we want our children in a school to emphasise, to manifest its values by being able to serve people beyond its four walls.
2: Um, so we'll we'll look for opportunities. For example, um, lots of schools will offer opportunities of uh, sporting opportunities. Um, there are academic opportunities, spelling bee type competitions. Um, there are lots of uh, community initiatives that children can get involved in as well. So, for example, um, talk of um, closing a local community facility, engaging children to to support their local community in that way, um, oh. visiting local nursing homes, for example. Engaging with other community groups and other schools um, on on joint projects as well.
1: And the environment around the school is is perfect. We've got um, woodlands. We've got areas that they can, as children, get out to and, and really value the world that they're born into, and that they're they're going to be instrumental in making sure um, continues. As it is, we or need even to get our better. children planting as many trees exactly. as possible as well. Thirty million, right? Yes, <laughs> thirty million. Yeah, that's, that's the target, isn't it?
2: We're very blessed to live in uh, to, very, to live in a very green area uh, and have the opportunity, potential opportunities for things like forest schools um, mm. and, and so many voluntary activities that take place in local areas of, of natural interest as well. Mm. Um, picking up litter, getting involved in clean up activities, and volunteering Brilliant. where they're able, and they
1: raise money f- um, within charity projects within the Absolutely. year would do as well. Fantastic. Okay, so all this sounds amazing. The problem
0: I now put to you is that this is a brand new school opening, God willing, September 2020. There's no track record. It's brilliant you telling us that this is the vision, but without the track record to hand, how do you ensure a standard of education that is going to be outstanding as you
1: claim it will be? So we are going to have experienced leaders Um, from me I was a senior advisor in Hertfordshire so I went round enormous numbers of schools in terms of literacy numeracy and science at that time um, I said earlier I've been the leader in a top performing secondary school Uh, being a head of a teaching school means you actually go into primary schools and you see what works and you support those people who are um, need developing. So I've had a lot of experience of that across more than one school. And there are very few people who are in that situation where they've got that experience and, and, and can say, right, what do you do for school improvement in this situation or another situation? And primary teacher training, we've looked at people coming into, um, into teaching, making sure that they become outstanding teachers and every single one of ours became outstanding or good. Um, will be within an improvement partnership with these 28 primary schools so the Elliott Foundation is being incredibly supportive of us and they have set up primary schools so they and I said earlier I'm going to visit John Locke. John Locke was a brand new school same situation so I've got an appointment to meet the head there and talk about how they developed that school from nothing into one of uh, the outstanding schools within Hillingdon. We're also talking about doing professional development across Harrow. So we've, uh, in fact, invited all the local schools to use our facilities because they can't fit into anyone else's, um, to do professional development within um, the Hujak Primary because we have such fantastic resources in terms of the building, uh, not just its size, but also the facilities there as well.
0: Can you expand upon that About the, the size of the building, the Facilities. Yeah, where is where is the school? Someone wants to be able to just drive past it.
1: Brooks Hill, Brooks Hill in Harrowfield, up from um, the town centre. You go up there, and on the right, you'll see the 1930s brilliant grammar school um, building, which was built for over 600. Uh, very big children Um, and we're going to fit 420 quite small children (laughs) into it. So it's uh, uh, going to be absolutely fantastic. The hall, um, my primary school head teacher colleagues um, are so, so uh, envious of because it's a school which was based for, it was a hall that was based for that grammar school. Um, We can fit the whole school into it. We will actually be able to have a proper daily act of worship um, which will involve the school as a whole so and we're recruited one other thing is we're committed to recruiting outstanding teachers we're going to begin that early in the cycle lots of schools find it quite difficult because they have to wait until somebody leaves well we we can start in january and we will be going for outstanding teachers and you'll be able to see them on the website as they get recruited so i
0: know that there is an event coming up um tomorrow isn't it it's tomorrow. i know we're doing this recording um, on a sunday by the time it actually goes out um, people won't have been able to go to the event that's tomorrow but just tell me about this event the parents consultation event the opportunity for parents to come see the school i'm sure there'll be other events but just give us a flavor of what you're doing tomorrow night
2: um, so we've been engaging with parents, inviting them to come and speak to us, to talk to us, uh, hear a little bit more about the vision, the history behind it, um, our plans for the future to meet David and the rest of the team. Um, it's really an opportunity um, for them to ask the questions uh, and for us to to share the journey that we've been on. Um, as you've mentioned, the next event is tomorrow, it's the fourth, um, parent information event that we've had. There will be more in January, so please don't worry if you're not able to attend tomorrow or this podcast goes out too late for you to know <laughs> that it's happening tomorrow. Um, there are many ways you can contact us as well. We have on our website, which is hoodjitprimary.org. Uh, you can email us, you can follow us on social media. There's lots of information on the website. There's a contact us form as well, so please do use it to, to get in touch. Um, David's email address will be there, yep. so if you'd like to speak to him directly, um, you're, you're more than welcome to, to send him an email too. So
0: other than what we've discussed so far, what has been the feedback of the parents? What have been the questions that the parents have asked that you feel really we need to to let parents know in this podcast?
2: I think the vast majority of questions we hope we've covered today in the podcast already. It's it's about understanding um, the support structure around the school. You're, you're absolutely right in saying that there is no track record for this trust. We have not opened a primary school or run a primary school before. But as I hope your, your listeners will hear today, um, there is a wealth of experience, not just around this table here today, but in the team in general. And with the support of our education partner, the Elliott Foundation, um, which has a network of 28 schools, lots of which are outstanding. Um, I we, think that's
0: really important to get across that point. The support absolutely. is, the experience is phenomenal.
2: Absolutely right. Um, so we don't want anyone to go away thinking that this is a, a tiny little school, uh, a, an isolated little school where the head teacher will just have two to three members of staff yeah. in the early years and we'll, and we'll just develop within ourselves. it is actually part of something much, much bigger.
0: How, how many um, members of staff are they going to be?
2: At full capacity? At
0: full or in capacity. The, uh, so uh, I full think capacity.
1: you said... 35. <laughs> it's 35. 35, 35 yes. teachers? Uh, no. Members of staff. Members of staff. So some are TAs, yes. teaching assistants, some are uh, teachers, there's the office staff. So that's and the so size, size
0: of it. It's a huge project. You talk yeah. about a school that's initially built for a grammar school. Yeah. For 600 students, but you'll have 400... Yeah. 420. Schools,
2: 420. And we'll be yeah. able to create a learning environment that... that allows us to live our vision. Um it's the a huge learning project, space is both it? internal and external. The DfE's already um, the DfE's commitment to the project again we talk about it's not a small school with a small project team. It has not only the commitment of the Elliott Foundation but also of the Department for Education work has actually already started Yeah, so you can see on social media.
1: On you can see the pictures of the Where uh, should they uh, sign up on came. Instagram? What should they
2: put into there? It's in our handle on all of our social media uh, platforms. is at so Hujit Primary. At Primary.
0: Everyone us. needs to go there at the yeah. end of this podcast. We don't want to <laughs> take away uh, from concentrating on the podcast. Okay, so imagine now I'm a parent. You mentioned that I can go to the website. Um, I've looked through all of the information. How do I
1: apply now? Oh, sorry. sorry if so if you've got a child starting a reception in 2020 um, what you do is you go on to the website and we will have a an apply button that you go into and at present but it will change within days and may have changed by the time this comes out you'll be able to apply online directly so you just fill in the form and it will submit and then push submit and we will get it. It will be sent to Harrow as well. Um, Do remember that uh, because we're a free school, you can hold two offers. So you can uh, have a local authority offer from, say, Harperture or Harrow, Brent, wherever, um, and you can hold our offer as well. And so you can then choose when you get more towards the the decision-making time.
2: I mean, just, just to reiterate that point, there is there is no risk attached to applying to Hujit Prime. It doesn't take away from any of the existing choices that you have. You will have the security of your offer from the local authority. We're actually a bonus offer. Um, so you'll be... There's six... Is that With right? best six, offer. Six
1: places
0: that you can... <laughs>
2: So to apply through, to. through the local authority process, you can choose up to six schools in order of preference. Um, we are the seventh choice, so you can actually, you'll hold two offers in April, and you can make your final decision about which school to go to in April on offers day. And that
0: obviously would be encouraged after they come visit the school. Absolutely. And they actually participate in... Some of the events that you have
2: absolutely so in that time you'll have the opportunity if we've recruited the teachers to meet the teachers to see the development on the school take place Um, as you've mentioned it's a it's a beautiful 1930s um, purpose-built school um, but it is being completely refurbished and modernized it will have state-of-the-art not just technology but state-of-the-art facilities um, which will be open for community use as well so potential parents parents that have applied will have the opportunity hopefully to, to take a look at the site from the outside Um, We'll be posting lots of pictures to show that development and obviously as, as our policies develop and as the curriculum develops and as we recruit our staff, you'll be able to meet them too.
1: And as a promise, what we're going to be doing is making sure that we've visited the families who sign up and, and make the choice to come to us. And I'm very keen that we help people to prepare their children for primary school. So one of the things we're going to do is a project in getting people reading, children reading um, with families, with volunteers and so on, so that they, they hit the ground uh, running when they join us in September.
0: Fantastic. Okay, so um, we've I've asked both of you a lot. I just want to ask, is there anything from my my the, the two extra helpers that you would like to mention at this point that from your perspectives need to you know be put across to the to the listeners?
3: Um, just one other thing. we have had questions about our um, our hours because we do understand that there will be, parents who might have children in um, other schools at this stage. So what we are happy to do is, I mean, we, we have flexible starting times. You know, we will have provide that, that soft start where children can either drop off their parent, their other children at other schools and then come and drop the children off to Hooded Primary or, you know, they can come and drop their children off first here and then take their older ones. So don't let that be a deterrent for you to apply we will also have the same at the end of the day where you know we will work with you to be flexible, able to pick up. That. flexible pickup flexible starting times to accommodate that so yeah. very
0: important very important thank you very much nothing other, did you need to were there any kicks no. <laughs> no kicks well done well done Mr Shane I'm very happy fantastic okay so just remind us one once more um, the website the social media handles, where do parents go if they want to get more information, and also what are the dates, the upcoming dates for some of the parent consultations when they can come and visit the school itself.
2: Okay, so the, the the next key date for parent information evenings is Monday the 9th, that's tomorrow. We will have some more dates going live, so please keep an eye on the website or follow us on social media. Uh, our handle again is at Hudget Primary. Um, the key local authority date um, for The first round of applications to be submitted is the 15th of January. So please do try to get uh, your applications in before then. We will have the opportunity to keep our applications open because um, as a free school, we have the freedom to to carry on recruiting. Um, But please do try and get your applications in by the 15th of January.
0: 15th of January, everyone. It's round the corner. So please, everyone, take this opportunity. A little bit of urgency. Um, if you have any questions i'm sure um, anyone from the uh, you know this great team will be happy to answer them um, and I think there's great scope for us to make this a, a project a success I think we as a community should be really proud of the size of this project that we're putting our name to the amount of time and work that's gone into it and the potentiality of this let's not you know let this last hurdle be something that stops us from achieving the potentiality of this project so, Thank you to all four of you for taking time out of your afternoons to come and do this Hajjat podcast with me. I'm sure the audience is very grateful for it as well. Please, please do subscribe to Hajjat podcast. Share it far and wide. You never know whose ears these messages may reach. And you may never realize the amount of good that you do by spreading these messages to people far and wide. So thanks again to you four. Thanks to everyone for listening in. As ever, if you have any feedback on this particular podcast, you're welcome to email me at alim at That's double A-L-I-M at hujjat.org. Alternatively, if you wish to be able to suggest any uh, podcast themes, any guests that you'd like to have on, then again you can also contact me at the same email address I hope this has been of value to you I look forward to hearing from you guys and also thinking about our next podcast coming up in the following weeks thanks very much look forward to speaking to everyone again may God's peace and blessings be upon all of his prophets from Adam to Abraham to Moses to Jesus to Muhammad and to his noble family